Welcome to BA Brew. I'm Jonathan. I'm Kay. And I'm Debbie. Today we're going to talk about design thinking. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with, with you, Debbie, and I'm going to ask, Debbie, could you help us to define design thinking for our listeners, our, our audience, please? Well, I can, I can have a go at it, but there are a lot of people who've <laughs> tried various definitions. To me, what it means to me is this. First of all, it's, it's a way of looking at things, um, a worldview or a mindset, if you like. And it's a mindset that says we have to explore. We have to explore what the problem and issues are before we can start framing them. We've got to explore options. And you know, Jonathan, I love options because there <laughs> always are so many. And so within that worldview mindset, you've got a framework there. And then where it becomes, if you like, even more real in some ways is those tools and techniques that help you to go through that process. So that's it for me. So, Kay, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> I think that's a really interesting way of framing it. And one thing I've seen people say is when it comes to describing design thinking is thinking about what it isn't. And, and this is where I've prepared for. <laughs> Good to see you with props there, Kay. <laughs> so, um, okay, a couple we... years ago, maybe a okay. bit longer than a couple of years ago, uh, there was a, a bridge. And under this bridge, um, a truck tried to drive through it. Um, yeah, you can see that. Yeah. And it got, it got stuck. And they called in a bunch of people, um, engineers, firefighters, and other um, people who've done this before, or uh, more experience in dismantling vehicles. See, the problem is they started thinking about dismantling the vehicle. And in their mind, the problem was, how do we dismantle the vehicle? So they started looking at, oh, if we take this bit off, this bit off, you know, we, we can get the vehicle back out. Well, a boy started walking across the bridge, a kid, or he's not supposed to be flying, but, <laughs> um, and he asked, why don't we just deflate the wheels? And that's what they did. And the vehicle came out with very minimal damage. So it's, it's what, so what design thinking isn't about is going in and just dismantling the vehicle, but taking the boys approach and kind of questioning yeah. what is the problem we're trying to solve in the first place. But I think also key to it is um, the collaborative and iterative nature of making small improvements, which, eventually become big innovation wow wow i really i really like that that um that story and um okay this goes out on on spotify and um apple and all sorts so some people will be listening to that and i think that you you told it uh, in such a way that, that everyone could understand stand that story and and, and you know I, I think that's perfect but i'm, I'm going to throw something in then so is design thinking an antidote 
to businesses that aren't thinking and aren't challenging assumptions because it's one of the things I think about when I think about design thinking and, and where's this come from and why is it so popular and and I think that there's lots of businesses that are rushing um, headfirst to do uh, you know dismantle those vehicles and there's there's a lack of people thinking and I think I think that's that's what design thinking is about for me it's about people thinking challenging assumptions and really trying to solve really difficult challenges opportunities problems um do you think there's a bit of an antidote do you think do you think that's one of the reasons why this is 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 such a subject that that's um is on on lots of people's tongues at the moment i think it is natural uh for humans to um solve things the way they used to or apply ways of thinking to new situations. Um, in psychology, um, they talk about this as kind of a, a schema. So, and that's, it, it's got its benefits in that humans, the, the reason we learn is because we can develop patterns of thinking, identify things that tend to go together. Um, and so, so for example, we have schema for um, for animals, um, if, if you saw someone walking down the street with a lead and you saw something that look, had ears like that and a tail like that and yeah, you probably in, in your schema think that that's going to be a dog and most likely it's going to be a dog but it, it could maybe be a fox. Um, so <laughs> it could be someone walking their cat. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> it, it is interesting what you say though, Kay, because years ago, probably about 10 years ago, I went to a presentation by one of Jonathan's heroes, John Zachman. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he said something I've never forgotten. And he said, we have to learn from experience, but we can't look forward to the problems of the future by solving it using the patterns of the past. Mm. And I, you know how you get one of those moments where you think that is a brilliant way of thinking about things. And it completely, you know, it was one of those things that stayed with me ever since. I've never forgotten it and I try to adhere to it. And design thinking, I think, is an approach that maybe gives us a little bit of structure around that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because there is a there is a structure. There's a there's a process, isn't there, in terms of design thinking? And, and for me, the one that I think about is the double diamond, um, and uh, that 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 process of, of divergent thinking first in the problem space, before you before you then move on to convergent thinking in the problem space. So you, you've challenged your assumptions. You've worked out what is this thing that we're looking at? Is it is it that the truck is stuck in in the bridge or is the is the bridge i don't know something something that we need to focus on rather than fixing the truck or the tires and so it's, it's that first what, what is the problem and then you do you repeat the same process in the solution space from a divergent order that all the range of all the possible solutions before you converge and you test using prototyping um a a solution that that 
you know, all being well, will fix the original problem space that you've 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 looked at. And for me, you've then got an outcome, a business outcome, because you've solved a business issue. Um, there is there is an alternative approach um, as well, but that that process and that structure that gives you, I think, is really quite powerful um, in that in that problem opportunity space. Um, Benefits of design thinking. Um, what, do you, what would you say are the benefits of design thinking? And, and Kay, are you okay if I go to you with this one? Design thinking and the approach and the mindset, um, alongside kind of human-centered techniques, you could really understand a problem, um, understanding different, I'm gonna use Debbie's favorite um, word now, worldviews. So really, so it's taking the opportunity to understand the worldviews of key stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if we don't do that, we can put ourselves in a bit of a box in just focusing on business problems in terms of op business operational issues and not having that fuller view. So that, yeah. I think that's a key benefit. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree completely because, I mean, as, as you know, I link design thinking with service thinking as well. And so it's about beneficial outcomes, but you have to ask yourself, who are, the, who are those who are going to benefit? And mm. sometimes it's the organisation, but the organisation usually benefits if the customers and the partners and, and those types of people and organizations benefit and if you can't look at the world through their eyes mm -hmm. or what you sometimes see is an organization thinking they look through the world <laughs> through their eyes and actually not and you know techniques I think like empathy mapping are really really important there because if you if you use empathy mapping well you're really trying to to get inside that empathy aren't you you know, and one of the things I worry about is when you've got a technique like empathy mapping, people just answer the questions rather than really standing in the shoes. Do you know what I mean? But if you really do stand in the shoes and, and you take design thinking, half of that is thinking, <laughs> then you really can get underneath that and make it very customer centric and human centred. That's, that's my take on it. I think one of the challenges people like the design thinking toolkit and they get lost in the, the enjoyment of creating their customer journey map or their service blueprint or their empathy map and that that becomes their outcome and they've lost the focus on the human centricity and the business problem opportunity that they're they're looking on that that can be quite a challenge um, and I, I'll say I quite like divergent thinking um, do enjoy a good divergent thinking uh, session, brainstorm, or, or whatever. Um, but it's important to know when to converge because you can't just diverge forever. <laughs> well, you could, Jonathan. I've I been do. there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, that though shows the importance of teamwork, I think. Because yeah. uh, you've got a team where you've got different skill sets and you're collaborating, and there is someone that says, Okay, what are we going to do then? How do we test this? Um, <laughs> because otherwise, you're going to have so much fun using these design thinking tools and techniques. You can lose focus on outcomes, which is obviously not not the point, not desirable. 
Um, the other thing, priorities, I think, really key. So when you're selecting which things to do your divergent thinking on and your convergent, what's the priority? What, what are the kind of, because you, you could, you could go and use design thinking on loads of different business issues um, if you were to wish to, but that might not be beneficial. Um, okay, um, in your experience, any kind of practical tips uh, that for the for the listeners, for those watching, in terms of anything you've encountered in using design thinking? Uh, yes, a couple of things. So just following on what you're saying, there's it's very exciting when there's so many techniques um, could easily get lost and reading about them or trying them out. I think what's helped me is understanding um, what is the, as you said, outcome that I want to achieve. Um, and then I've grouped the techniques and often in these books, they also group the techniques into, you know, um, observing techniques, sense making techniques, prototyping techniques. So then I, um, I've made like little cards. Um, so when it comes to um, trying to understand what techniques I should use to try and get me from point A to B to C, um, I go through my cards and kind of plan it out a little bit so I don't get lost in the fun of make, uh, practicing the technique, but really yeah. planning out what I'm trying to achieve. What is that? what's the output from one technique and how does it feed into another one and how does that help me make sense of the situation I'm in? Mm, that's a really good practical tip. Um, do you find um, the stakeholders you work with when you're, when you're in that divergent thinking mode and, and maybe you're challenging their assumptions, can that, can that be quite difficult? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the, in my experience, key challenges in um, practicing design thinking. It's very uncomfortable to challenge people's thoughts and assumptions. And when you apply the techniques on people, for example, when the five whys is a, you know, a, one of the tools and um, think about the last time you did the five whys, how did- <laughs> I try to avoid it in all honesty, Kay. Uh, that, that particular technique, or if I am going to use it, I warn someone because I'm very aware I sound like a, a, a very immature child <laughs> at, at that point when I'm saying, why, why, why? So I tend to warn people if I am going to use it, but I, I do try to avoid it if I can. Um, yeah, so with but, the pre, as you said, Jonathan, it's the pre-warning of why we're really yeah. questioning your, 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 what you think is the problem it can feel frustrating for people when they say, I've got the problem for you already. I've got the options ready for you. Yeah. yeah. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've already done the thinking. <laughs> they need you to do the thinking for me, maybe, is there for you? <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the head, though, that sometimes it is about positioning things, isn't it? You know, if you just go in and say, OK, welcome to this workshop. First of all, you've said this is the problem. Now explain to me why. <laughs> you uh, can imagine people sitting there going, oh, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it is about positioning as well with, with techniques, you know, even, even like empathy mapping. You know, because actually you really are trying to get underneath how people are feeling. And some people are really uncomfortable talking about that. So I, I always think positioning really, really helps in all these situations because 
well, back to one of my favorite things, context. Context is absolutely key. If people understand context, then they do tend to be able to engage a bit more and a bit more freely, don't they? Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. So I think we're having a good exploration now of the techniques and what it is. And, and what I'd quite like for us to cover is how does this relate to business analysis? So the, the BA role, the BA service offer. Um, Debbie, I'm, I'm going to come to you. How do you think design thinking and business analysis, are they, are they, do they coexist? Do they co-create? Um, what do you think? How do they overlap or conflict? I, I don't think they conflict at all, actually. And I think that business analysis, if you look at the different services that we offer in business analysis, design thinking and service thinking map absolutely brilliantly. And as you know, Jonathan, just for fun the other day, I was mapping the BA service framework onto the double diamond because, hey, what else is there to do on a Saturday morning? <laughs> to me... I, I really think as well, business analysis has been a bit diverted in some ways by um, Agile and, and probably Scrum and Safe because it's pushed it into a particular route sometimes that focuses on product development. What, um, what design thinking and service thinking does for business analysis, I think, is slightly elevate the thinking it becomes outcome focused, it becomes people focused. And that then encompasses a lot of the agile principles, iteration, testing and learning, you know, continuous improvement, all those, all those things that really are so vital for business today. It's unbelievable. Um, but it allows business analysts to really understand the nature of analysis and thinking and gives them a toolkit and frameworks to do it. So to me, it's a brilliant set of additional ideas, frameworks, tools to our toolkit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kay, I feel guilty asking this because I'm not sure I could add anything to what Debbie's just said. Anything <laughs> you would add. <laughs> and by all means, say no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't add to what Debbie's saying, but just following her train of thought, um, I do find it really exciting when I go through the techniques and when I look at the BA service framework and think about how does uh, design thinking techniques actually really complement BA techniques. Um, there's so many great ones in um, the problem identification kind of space that it's, it's a shame that we don't really use them really. Um, I think sometimes maybe we fall into, again, patterns of what we're used to. And just having, I was just so excited when I found out about all these new sets of techniques I could be using. Yeah, and to, to refresh your, your approach and how you tackle things and, and how you move your businesses forward. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I add one thing, Jonathan? Go for it. Kay, Kay is a massive advocate for rich pictures for which Brilliant, Kay, okay, because I am too, so we're on the same page. But I think we've had some techniques around for a long time and not necessarily seen the potential of them. And I know you've done talks on rich pictures that were absolutely fantastic and really, I just think, brought that really 
I mean, holistic, I suppose, is a word we've used a lot, but you know what I mean, that holistic, contextual, open way of thinking. So I can see why you're excited by design thinking, and you can probably see why I am as well. (laughs) (laughs) Any final thoughts then from either of you in terms of something we have to cover on design thinking that we haven't talked about yet? Kay, anything that you you think we should talk about with regard to design thinking for our listeners before before we close the pod? I think for me, um, maybe don't get too worried about the definition of what it is. Um, it's have an understanding of the framework, the mindset, the techniques, and look at some case studies of how it's been used in solving really big, messy, complicated uh, problems. Um, But I got into a bit of a rabbit hole looking up, trying to understand the definitions and, you know, how one thing links to another. I think it's, um, if you focus on application, then that's good. (laughs) That's a really useful tip. And any last thoughts from yourself, Debbie, that that you wanted to cover? Well, to be honest, I was actually going to say what Kay just said, which which is try it out. Because actually, once you try this out as a way of, thinking or analyzing business problems, um, you would be amazed how it really does free up your thinking and help you to understand that there's lots of different options. And actually, sometimes you need to try them out to see which works better than others. And as is always the case with options, it's usually a bit of that and a bit of that and a bit of that. (laughs) And don't expect it to be perfect first time because very few things are. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, on that note, I think we should end things. I just want to say thank you, Kay, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, If you've got any ideas for future episodes that we have discussion topics, um, please email us at babrew at ciskd.com. Thank you.